people have always been searching for hope. Here's Pastor Jeff Shreve to show you exactly where to look. People wanted to know in Noah's day, is there any hope? People want to know in our day, is there any hope? There is hope. God is the God of hope. And even when everything gets dark and black and wicked as it was in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. We are going to be facing the days of Noah if we're not already in the beginning stages of the days of Noah with wickedness and vice and violence just covering the earth and the earth becoming corrupt in the sight of God. That's the way it was in the days of Noah. And the Lord Jesus said, that's what it's going to be like when I return. Is there any hope? There's hope in God, because God is the God of hope. Now, we know that the days of Noah were days of judgment when anything that breathed was blotted out, except Noah and his family. The people of that day didn't even realize they needed to be judged. They were spiritually blind, much like the people of our day today. But the message we're about to hear from Pastor Jeff Shreve on From His Heart is going to outline a broader truth, namely that Noah's Ark represents Jesus Christ the only hope of salvation from the floodwaters of God's wrath. Now, on Tuesday, Pastor Jeff began this message called Man's Only Hope from his series, The Days of Noah. And we'll discover more fully today that even with all the horrible things going on around us in our families, workplace, and surely in this world, there is truly real hope found only in Christ. If you missed part one from last time, you can listen again online at fromhisheart.org. Just click the radio tab. But for today, we'll do some catching up from yesterday and continue with this powerful lesson. Right now, open your Bible to Genesis chapter 6. Here's Pastor Jeff to declare our only real hope. Noah's Ark was an actual vessel. It was a real thing that he built. It took him 120 years wasn't make-believe. This isn't just some kind of story. This really happened, and it was built to specifications. Certainty number two, not only was Noah's ark an actual vessel, but Noah's ark was a picture of Jesus Christ. And it's there for God to say, this is a picture of my son, because this is a picture of the salvation that's found only in Jesus Christ. Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 3, he's the one that makes the correlation between the ark and the flood and Jesus Christ. Now I want to give you some reasons why, some characteristics about the ark that let you know it's a picture and an object lesson of the Lord Jesus Christ. First characteristic, it had three decks, three decks. That's what he says in verse 16. You shall make a window for the ark and finish it to a cubit from the top. The ark had a window in it. All the way around at the top, it had a window in it. And don't you know Noah was excited about the window in the ark? He's on the ark for over a year. You know, it's one thing to be on a cruise, but nobody goes on a cruise 
in a barn, right? I, you know, and, and it would really smell bad in the ark. So you are thanking God every day for the window that went around the ark. It had a window in it. You shall make a window for the ark, verse 16, and finish it to a cubit, 18 inches from the top, and set the door of the ark in the side of it. You shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. Three decks. Not two, not four, not five, three. Three. Why did it have to have three decks? Because it pictures the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God exists in tri-unity, or as we put those words together, Trinity. And it pictures the, the Trinity there. It also pictures the tri-unity of man, because man is made in the image of God, and man is made in a Trinity, so to speak. He is spirit, he is soul, he is body. And it speaks of salvation. You know, when God saves a person... He doesn't just save their spirit. He saves the whole person. And he saves a person, spirit, soul, and body. And he saves that way. So you can say honestly and uh, theologically and be theologically sound, I am saved, but I'm in the process of being saved, and I one day am going to be saved. And all those things are true for a Christian. You are saved. You're saved the moment that you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You are stamped justified, justified in Jesus Christ. That happens in your spirit. When the Holy Spirit of God comes into the human spirit and makes you alive spiritually, you're justified. It's God looks at you just as if you never sinned. You are saved. But he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. He begins to work in you, in your soul, and the soul is the mind and the will and the emotions, and God works in your soul, and what does he work in your soul? To make you more like Jesus. We have a process in the Bible, it's called sanctification. Sanctification is the setting apart. It's the work that God does to make you more like Christ. It's how a person grows. So I'm in the process, as a Christian, of being sanctified, and I am being saved. But then one day, for a Christian, the Lord is going to change our bodies, and we get a glorified body. That's what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 3, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of this humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. We're going to, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that this mortal must put on immortality and this perishable must put on the imperishable. And we get a body like the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is called glorification, and that is coming. It hasn't happened yet. That is coming down the road when Jesus comes back. So I am saved when I receive Christ. I'm being saved because he's working in me, and I will be saved, and it's the three phases of salvation, and the ark was three levels, and God is a triune God, and man is made in his image, and he's spirit, and he's soul, and he is body. So there is the first uh, correlation. It had three decks. Secondly, it was shaped like a coffin. Now, I showed you that picture of the ark. It isn't anything like a ship. And, and even in our little graphic, it looked a little more like a ship. But the, the ark really wasn't like that. It was really built 
like a long rectangular box and it was shaped like a coffin. Now, why is that important that it's shaped like a coffin? What's the significance with this? Well, the only way that you and I are saved is through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ because he gave himself for us on the cross. That's the only way we're saved. Apart from his sacrifice on the cross, you can't be saved, I can't be saved. Jesus died for us. And the ark is a picture of a coffin which pictures death, the death of Christ and then the resurrection of Christ because both of those things are critical to your salvation. But it also pictures the death of you. Because for you to get on the ark, so to speak, for you to come to Christ, you have to die to your old way of life. Well, what's the deal about baptism? Baptism pictures the death, the burial, and the resurrection. That's why you do it in a pool of water. You can't picture that with sprinkling water on somebody's head. You can't picture burial that way. So it's always, baptism in the Bible is always done in a pool of water to picture burial because you're putting someone down in the waters of baptism. But they don't stay there. They come right back up. And a person who gets baptized is picturing this, that they have died to their old way of life, but they have a brand new life in Jesus Christ. Now, if you die to your old way of life and you don't get a brand new life, then you just hold them down until they quit moving. And that, that wouldn't be good. We wouldn't have lots of second baptisms, right? It would just be, hey, I'm not doing that again. Uh, nobody's following in this one. So you come right back up because die to my old way of life, boom, but I got a brand new life. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things passed away, behold, new things have come. Second Corinthians 5, 17. And so here we have a new creation and the ark pictures a coffin, which pictures the death of Christ and the death of all of those who come on the ark because they die to their old way of life and they get a brand new life in Jesus Christ. Thirdly, it is covered with pitch. You say, how's that anything? It's covered with pitch. Look what it says in verse 14. God tells Noah, make for yourself an ark of gopher wood. You shall make the ark with rooms and shall cover it inside and out with pitch. So what in the world is pitch? Pitch is resin, some kind of gooey resin, some kind of tar-like substance. It served as epoxy. And Noah would get this, this pitch and he would get some kind of a brush and he would brush the outside of the ark and the inside of the ark and fill up any kind of holes with this epoxy type stuff with this pitch, this tar type stuff. And the pitch was really important. If you didn't have the pitch, the water would get into the ark. That would be bad. The ark would sink, everybody and everything on it would die. But he says that you put pitch in it. Now the word for pitch is the Hebrew word kofur, K-O-P-H-E-R. That word means ransom. It means satisfaction. It, it, it corresponds to the New Testament word propitiation, where it says that Jesus is the propitiation for our sins, the satisfaction for our sins. That word is uh, pitch is also comes from the root word kephar, K-A-P-H-E-R, which means and is translated in the New Old Testament atonement. Atonement it means covering. Atonement means covering. So God told Noah, you put 
atonement on the outside of the ark and atonement on the inside of the ark, and it will cover and it will protect from what? From judgment. Because what was going to come upon the earth was a flood, and the flood waters represented God's judgment. And not one drop of judgment was going to come through the ark. Why? Because of the atonement, because of the pitch, because of the ransom, because of the propitiation and the satisfaction that was all over the outside of the ark and the inside of the ark. Speaks of the blood of Jesus that washes white as snow, as we sang earlier, how his blood ran red so that you and I could be white before the Lord. And his blood protects us from the wrath of God. He took all the wrath of God. I don't have to take any wrath of God. Bible says in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7, if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of his son cleanses us from all sin. Behold the Lamb of God, John the Baptist said, who takes away the sin of the world. It was covered with pitch. And then it came to rest. This is very interesting. On April 17th, three days after Passover. It says in Genesis chapter 8 and verse 4, and in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, the ark rested upon the mountains of Ararat. It tells us in Genesis 7 verse 11, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on the same day, all the fountains of the great deep burst open and the floodgates of the skies were open. When did the flood come? It came on the second month, on the 17th day of the month. That's when the flood came. When did the ark rest on Mount Ararat? It floated for five months, and it finally rested on Mount Ararat, and it rested on Mount Ararat on the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month. Well, when you do a little research to find out what, what month is he talking about that, the Jewish calendar began September, October, it was the month Tishri, Tishri. We have Rosh Hashanah, which is in the month Tishri. That's the beginning time. That's their New Year time. And the seventh month from September, October is May, April. And, and you say, well, what's so important about that? That's the Hebrew month Nisan. You say, what's so important about that? Exodus chapter 12 tells about the Passover. And in Exodus chapter 12, it says, listen, in this month, Nisan, on the 14th day of the month, that's Passover. That's Passover, Moses. That's when you take the lamb and you kill the lamb and you put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost and on the, the lentil, the top part of the door. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. That's the inauguration of this feast called Passover. It was on the 14th month of Nisan. And the ark rested three days after Passover on the 17th day of Nisan. Well, who do you know that rose on the 17th day, three days after Passover? Jesus Christ rose from the dead three days after Passover. He said, destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it up again. He was slain on Passover. He rose on the third day. It's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that a coincidence? Uh-uh. God put it in there to say, this is a picture of my son. 
Jesus rose from the dead three days after Passover, and that ark went through all of the waters of God's wrath, and it rested on Mount Ararat three days after Passover. It had one door, one door. Verse 16, you shall make a window for the ark and finish it to a cubit from the top and set the door of the ark in the side of it. Had one door in the ark. Now, anybody who is familiar with the New Testament knows when you talk about the door, that Jesus talked about the door. Jesus said in John chapter 10, I am the door. I am the door of the sheepfold. He's the only door. He said that there are people that try and get in to the sheepfold, but you only can get in through the door. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. He's the door. The ark had one door. Didn't have a bunch of doors. It had one door. And everything had to come in that one door. Now, the whole ark pictures Jesus Christ, but very specifically, the door is such a poignant illustration of him because he is the door. And Noah, the 600th year of his life, God says, Noah, you come into the ark. You come in and I will bring all the animals to you. And everyone who was saved on that ark had to come through the door. Anyone who will ever make it to heaven has to come through Jesus Christ. You have to come through the only door. There is no other way to get in to heaven. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. And you know what's really interesting about this door? Noah didn't control the door. He went through the door. He built the door, obviously. He went through the door. But the scripture says when Noah and all the animals were in the ark, God closed the door behind them. God is the one who shut the door. Genesis chapter 7, verse 16. And those that entered, male and female of all flesh, entered as God had commanded him, and the Lord closed it behind him. The word for closed is also translated locked. It's a picture of being sealed in the ark. Couldn't get out of the ark. Once the Lord closed the door, there wasn't any opening the door. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 3 that the Lord is the God who opens and no man shuts and shuts and no man opens. And God shut the door of the ark and no man was going to open that door. Now, here's the wonderful truth about that. Some people wonder, you know, is my salvation secure? Can I lose my salvation? Well, obviously you can't because the ark's a picture of salvation and Noah couldn't lose his salvation. Noah might have fallen down many times in the ark, but he never fell out of it, Right? And so here you are, because God closed the door. If Noah had closed the door, maybe Noah could have opened the door, but Noah didn't open the door. God closed it. Noah didn't. God closed it, and God sealed it, and God locked it, and Noah was secure in the ark. And you and I, as believers in Jesus, are secure in him. And then lastly, it was man's only hope. There wasn't another ark. wasn't another boat. There wasn't another place to go. It was that ark. That was it. Ark of Salvation, there's room in the ark for many, many people, but nobody took Noah up on it. Nobody believed Noah. Scripture says there is salvation in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Just Jesus. He's the only one. He's the only way. You know, you could have looked at the ark and said, well, you know, the ark looks pretty good. Looks like that's seaworthy. That looks like that'll handle. If we ever get a flood, Noah, 
That looks like that's the place to be. But if you didn't go on the ark, you didn't make it. Where are you in relation to the ark, which is Jesus? You in or you out? Seven billion people on the earth at the time that the flood came. Only eight people in the ark. Noah and his family. They're the only ones who believed. Where are you in relation to the ark? Scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in Adam all die, but in Christ are all made alive. Like I said, you could have seen the ark and said, that looks like that'll save me if I get on there and walk right past it. Listen, you have to go up the gangplank and through the door and put yourself in the ark in order to be saved from the flood. Have you ever done that? I don't know what it was like on the day the flood came. Maybe the people awakened to a clap of thunder and they went outside and the sky was black and there was lightning and they looked up and maybe they felt for the very first time in their lives water dropping from the sky because the Bible indicates that it had never rained before this time. And all of a sudden it began to drizzle and then the drizzle turned into a downpour and the downpour turned into a deluge. And then all of a sudden, the water began to come up from the bottom of the earth because the earth began to rip open and belch forth oceans of water. And no doubt there was some people and they waded their way to the ark and they waded up to the ark and they began to beat on the ark and they began to shout, Noah, let us in. And Noah couldn't let him in because the Lord had closed the door on the ark and the day of grace was over. I don't know when that day is coming, but I can promise you that day is coming. God says, I, even I, will bring a flood upon the earth. God is patient, but his patience doesn't last forever. Uh, he says that the, my spirit shall not strive with man forever because he also is flesh. Nevertheless, his days shall be 120 years, and one day there's going to be an end to God's grace. And then there's no time to get ready. You have to be ready. The time is now to get things right with God. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Behold, today is the day of salvation. Do you know the safety and security of the ark of salvation that is Christ alone? The Bible says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That means all who turn to him in repentance and faith will be saved, and they will receive him and become a child of God. What a blessing it will be to know that you are locked inside the safety of Christ, just as Noah and his family were sincerely inside that ark. But maybe you still have some questions about what that means, to surrender it all to Jesus. Well, you can find out the truth when you go to fromhisheart.org and click on the link, Why Jesus? There you'll be able to read more about what a relationship with Christ is all about and how much He loves you, no matter what you may have done. When you go online, please write to us and let us know how Christ is impacting your life so we can rejoice with you as well. Today's message was called Man's Only Hope, and you heard part two today. You can listen to part one online. You can also get the entire seven-message series, The Days of Noah, from Pastor Jeff Shreve, and his booklet, Strong Faith for Tough Times, When the Impossible Meets God, both as our gift of thanks to you 
for your support to From His Heart this month of any amount. Again, go to fromhisheart.org for all the details, and thank you for standing with us at this important time. Thank you, too, for joining us today on From His Heart. I'm Larry Nobles, hoping you'll be here next time for another lesson in Pastor Jeff's series, The Days of Noah, when he'll open up God's Word and share real truth, love, and hope from His heart. From His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more at fromhisheart.org.